Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto Experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Tuesday, October 30th. Let's cockadoodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man. FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King, Scott Angle. Scotty, week eight in the books. Over half of the fantasy regular season is done. People are getting in position. I know I'm seven and one in a few places, six and two in a couple other places. But even if you're three and five, even if you're four and four, you still got a shot. How you doing, Scotty? Good. And, uh, you know, challenging week coming up uh, with six teams on a bye. But, you know... Don't complain about it. You know why? Because your opponents are dealing with it too. You know this is where you get tested. This is where you earn your fantasy playoff berths. Stop complaining and just hit the waiver wire. Absolutely, you got to hit the waiver wire. I do have some questions for you about an approach during this kind of week, but we'll talk about it a little bit later on in the show. Those six teams that are on a bye, the Cincinnati Bengals, so you're losing Dalton, Joe Mixon, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, the Indianapolis Colts, you're losing the oncoming Marlon Mack, Andrew Luck, you know, the New York Giants, you lose a Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham, Ertz this week, and Alshon Jeffrey this week with the Eagles on bye. You lose a David Johnson with the Cardinals on by, and you lose all of the Jaguars running backs that you may have had because the Jaguars are on by. Maybe they'll fix their quarterback situation. But week eight finished 
on Monday Night Football with Thurman Thomas's number being retired and people going through tables up in Buffalo. But the New England Patriots go up there, get a win, 25-6. to Tom Brady is something like now 29-3 and against the Buffalo Bills all time. And he has a nice little game, Scott. He goes 324 yards, but no touchdowns, stunting his fantasy production. I know because I was facing him in a number of leagues last night, and I got the W everywhere I faced Tom Brady. Is this from a fantasy perspective, Tom um, Scott? Do you think this is a good game? I mean, he goes 324 yards. You like that, but no touchdowns for TB12. It's more of like anomaly. You know, he was moving the team, uh, but they, they just stalled in the red zone. And, uh, you know, Gronk's not really playing as well as we expected. And they missed Sony Michelle to help him convert, you know, yeah. near the goal line. So, you know, they, they lacked offensive balance. And also, you know, give some credit to the Buffalo defense, you know, for tightening up in the red zone, too, as well. So, uh, I, would, I wouldn't be concerned about this at all. You know, the yardage was still there. And uh, when he needed to, he still engineered a big scoring drive. Uh, you know, Brady will be just fine. Yeah, we know Brady will be just fine. I think you made a good point, though. This run game certainly missed my guy, the stereotype, Sony Michelle. I mean, James White gets a one-yard touchdown run. The only other touchdown was a pick six from the defense and Devin McCourty. But if you look at this run game, I mean, Scotty, Cordero Patterson was this team's leading uh Russia, both in terms of yards and in terms of attempts, leave it to the Patriots to do something funny like that, right? They only had two running backs dressed, only White and Kenyon Barner. Obviously, good call by you to never fall into the Kenyon Barner trap. I got to ask you, though, uh, it makes me think. One, I really love the Sony Michelle stereotype when he comes back because it's clear they really have no other option for that role. But secondly, how do you spin this forward if – Sony Michelle is not back next week for the Pats. If the, if they're not, well, I wouldn't be surprised to see New England make a trade for some running back depth. Interesting, because you you always you always uh, look. I'm spitballing, like you say here, but yep. uh, you know you got to take you got to take a look at this, and uh, there's really no running back depth behind him in terms of somebody who can be a ball carrier. I knew it wasn't Kenjin Barner. I said opportunity doesn't always lead to production, and he was going to be a, a wasted waiver ad, and that's exactly what he is. But look, we don't know exactly how he's going to heal. But the fact that they sat him out, they played Buffalo, and they felt they didn't even need him, you know, is making me think that he might only miss a week here because they, they really haven't made any other move to sign anybody off the street. I think uh, the trade deadline might be telling, but then again, you just want to have depth behind him because he does have injuries dating back to college. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about the trade deadline, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But let's just finish on this game. Shady McCoy, and look, they were trying to use everything in the book to get a W, to get that crowd excited up there in Buffalo. I'm talking Wildcat. I'm talking double reverses. You know, they were trying it all, which, you know, makes sense because Derek Anderson really is not going to beat them on the strength of his arm. Shady McCoy, though, 12 carries, 13 yards on the ground, does get another six catches for 82 yards. So, you know, you'll take kind of 95 scrimmage yards and six catches. That's 14 and a half, 15 and a half in PPR. So not a horrible effort. I got to ask you two things, though, about Shady McCoy. One is do you think there's the potential he gets moved ahead of the 4 o'clock deadline? Obviously, the Bills are going nowhere, and Shady could be a great piece for any running back, for any running back needy team who could use him. But secondly, Scott, if I was a team that traded for Shady McCoy, I'm going to tell you right now, the first thing I would do when 
when I get him in the building is I would be like, yo, you are not allowed to carry the ball like that, like a loaf of bread literally outside, like almost showing it to people. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to teach you how to carry the damn ball so you don't fumble. I know he doesn't have big fumbling issues, but did you see the way he was carrying the ball so loose last night, Scott? Yeah. But, uh, you know, usually Shady knows better than that, and uh, the coaching staff will probably move to correct that. So uh, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, is there potential that he gets traded today? Of course there, there's the potential. Uh, but, you know, they're saying they're not. But, but I, I think, you know, maybe he goes to a contender that needs a running back here because, uh, you know, it's not about Shady being 30. You know, he's just got a lot of mileage on the tires right now, and he can, he could still play, you know. He, I think he deserves to go to a team that's in contention that needs a running back, and uh, you know, it wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, but the, the Bills would look even more pathetic without him. But uh, you know, they look pretty bad on offense as it is. Listen, at this point, the only things the Bills need to be doing for the rest of the season as they now sit at 2-6, and six, there's two things. One, try to figure out if Josh Allen is their quarterback of the future and to position themselves you know, financially <clears throat> and wherever they are in the draft order to go ahead and try and augment this team personnel-wise in the offseason. But the trade deadline is here, and that means that we have got a poll question up as well. We're putting a poll question up that you can find at FNTSY Radio. Remember, you can always find us at Spittin' Speeds, at Scotty Roto X. Our poll question, there's been a lot of buzz about wide receivers potentially on the move. You've heard the names, Demarius Thomas, Devontae Parker, Golden Tate now even, Deshaun, um, Deshaun Jackson, maybe some others. Our question is, which wide receiver do you think is most likely to be moved? Scotty, real quick, what do you think? Do you think these guys are going to be on the move? Do you think that this is a lot of buzz about nothing? Or tomorrow morning when we're talking or later on this evening when I'm doing fantasy freestyle, do you think I will be recapping any trades of, you know, legitimate viable fantasy assets at the wide receiver position? It's really too tough to predict. You know, you don't know what's going on, what phones are buzzing and and which ones aren't. You know, a lot of times you'll hear about guys being moved and, you know, then they're not moved and then guys that, like, the Carlos Hyde trade is a perfect example. We haven't heard anything and then they get moved. We'll be talking about something, but, you know, it's right. a total shot in the dark to predict exactly what we're going to be talking about. Fair enough, and don't get it twisted, all right? There's also likely defensive players that could be on the move as well, and they have some kind of impact on fantasy as well. So think about it. I, I personally would not be surprised if someone like Janoris Jenkins from the Giants are moved as the Giants continue their dumpster fire sale because they know nothing is going on with that team. All right, but, Scotty, as we move along, first of all, i got to let people know, if you're enjoying playing DFS but are sick of dealing with the professionals using algorithms, Algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries. Try the Props Builder tool over at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without a salary cap. And if you sign up for a news account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with the late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just the props that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag. Enter the promo code FNTSY. 
start using the props builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Also, don't forget about the Roto Experts in-season exclusive edge fantasy football package. Enter the promo code THEKING at checkout. Remember, if you're 3-5 and five or 4-4 four and four and you want to make your run, you need to hear, you know, you need to see the King Scott Engel's ranks. You need his waiver guide. You need the Slack chat, ch- Slack chat channel. All of that good stuff. The tools are over there at the Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season package to help you win your leagues and win that cash. There was more news, however, made, Scotty, yesterday in the NFL before later on the show we go to waivers and we spin it forward for week nine. There is news and notes to cover. The first thing is mercifully after 40 games of which the Cleveland Browns only won three of them, including an 0-16 and a 1-15 season, the Browns finally dropped the axe on Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson was fired yesterday. A lot of people said that this was probably coming. A lot of people saw or um, assumed that there was some level of strife inside that building all the way back to hard knocks when you saw Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley kind of having differing opinions on practice approach, on play calling. We've heard difficulties about the play calling. We've heard actually what I think is the most crucial factor here. We heard people saying that Baker Mayfield, the number one pick and franchise quarterback, has not developed. In fact, has looked like maybe he's taken a step back since week two when he first got in there. That is the key. Just like I said with Buffalo, the only thing here is about Josh Allen. I've said it with the New York Jets before. The only thing in this season is to feel like you're good with Sam Darnold. The only thing the Browns have to worry about is the development of Baker Mayfield and Haslam and ownership made the decision that Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley were not the men to develop Baker Mayfield. The Browns hit the reset button mid-season this year. Scott? Yeah, uh, some people thought it was a long time coming, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, now with, uh, you know, new coordinators and stuff like that, usually in the first game back, you know, a team responds emotionally well, and, you know, they play with some adrenaline, so, uh, you know, at least for this week, you know that that's uh, that's in favor of the Browns here. But uh, you know the offense just wasn't that good. Jarvis Landry's not getting to the end zone enough. David Njoku's disappearing here and there. Uh, Nick Chubb has looked fine. Uh, it was a tough matchup for him the past week. But you know I think they need to get Mayfield going a little bit more. And uh, you know there's a lot of reason to have hope around this team, except for the coaching staff. And now you know they pretty much you know cut out that albatross. So what kind of coach are they looking for here? <clears throat> Scotty, you think they're looking for one of these young up-and-coming guys, you know, like a, a Sean McVay type, you know, one of these new creative offensive minds? Because it seems that's where it's going, Scott. You know, the Matt Nagy's of the world, the Sean McVay's of the world, right? It looks like you need to have one of these kind of innovative, almost college-based kind of offenses because that's where the league is going in 2018. It seems like every team, you know, it's a race to score 35 points and they need, you know, a young offensive mind that can bring that to Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. Or do they just need, like, one of those hard, forgive my term here, just one of those hard-ass culture changers in that building to get the stench of losing culture that's been there for so long away. A Tom Coughlin type, although I know it won't be him. Would you lean towards the innovative young mind to develop Baker or the kind of uh, culture changer for the organization? Or is there someone out well, there who could be both? Again, here, we're just spitballing. I don't think we really know what they're looking for, but, you know, it's fun to guess. And, you know, I would lead towards more like an offensive innovator because, like you said, this has become, uh, you know, much more of an offensive league. 
Interesting. You know, there's already reports right now already head, uh, of one guy. Have you seen it, Scott? Um, who would maybe fit that a little bit and definitely could maybe do uh, a couple of things. One has the offensive mind part. <clears throat> the other thing is we know has a relationship with Baker. There's already talk about the current Oklahoma Sooners head coach, who's a hot commodity anyway in the game, Lincoln Riley. How do you think about that dipping into the college ranks? That's where the game is going. And this is a guy who's had Baker for the last few years, the Oklahoma head coach, Lincoln Riley. What do you think about something like that? Yeah, it would be seem to be a comfortable hire. Uh... You know, but it's not something that I think they do during the season, so I think a lot of names are right. going to pop up. Absolutely. They are first into the pool here, which could be an advantage, but it will be Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, right now as the interim coach. You obviously remember him from Bounty Gate in New Orleans. And uh, so you- here's the thing, though, Scott. You know, head coach gone, offensive coordinator gone. Who's calling the plays, like, in, you know, in five days for the Browns? Uh, the new offensive coordinator likely is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, you you talk about, you know, they get a little bit of a boost of adrenaline or play, you know, play for pride, that sort of stuff. It's hard when, you know, you have a neophyte at play calling, right? Uh, you know Al Sanders, I think it's going to be. How it's, how it's, well, I don't, I don't know what Al Sanders' background is, to be honest with you. You know, I'm not going to All right, so that's something we're going to have to lie, check lie to the Lie to the audience, you know. All right. So maybe we check into that a little bit later on. But the fact that people don't know, the fact that you as an expert don't really know necessarily is, is proving kind of my point, Scott. You know, this not idea really, that – Not really. Yes. I just may not be aware of the guy. You know, it's – No, but it, my – Just because we don't know doesn't mean, you know, he's not a good strategist, et cetera. That, but that is not my point. My point is not that he is not a good strategist. My point, however, is the fact that you're going down to like the number three on the existing food chain. And so that's I'm not doubting the man's you know, ability. That's not what my, my point is. My point is that, you know, it's the same as if, you know, the, you know we lose the president Freddy and kisses. the vice president in the same day. It's just the idea of the drop down to a little bit lower in the organization. Normally it would be the offensive coordinator, but that person is gone as well. So it's interesting. <clears throat> we also, we got a poll question up. Um, so I wanted to check in on that real quick, making sure we do in fact have that poll question up right now. And look, there's already, you know, almost a hundred people who are voting. Who do you think is going to be moved most? 49% of us say Demarius Thomas is on the move. Um, Golden Tate, Devonte Parker, and Deshaun Jackson are the other options. Just remember in those passing games, we talked about guys like Cortland Sutton and Deshaun on Hamilton in Denver. Obviously, you know about Galladay in Detroit. You know about guys like Amendola in Miami and, of course, Chris Godwin in Tampa. If these guys are on the move, be sure that you are ready to respond in kind. We'll talk about a little bit more the waiver wires that are running and who are some of these next man up after the trading deadline. We'll do that when we come back. It's Roto Experts in the morning, Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle talking about Monday Night Football, getting you ready for the trade deadline and week nine of the nfl and the fantasy football season we'll be back right after this don't forget at spitting speeds at scotty roto x on twitter if you want to continue to join the fun on social media we'll be right back 
The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle, breaking down some of Monday Night Football with the Pats and the Bills. Pats utilize uh, different options at running back. Still get their sixth win of the season. They go to 6-2 and two with a 25-6 to six win over the Buffalo Bills. We talk about the trading deadline coming up at 4 p.m. Eastern. We talk about the Cleveland Browns who finally mercifully fired Hugh Jackson and offensive coordinator Todd Haley. Scott, but I want to let people know there was another big piece of news that happened yesterday in the NFL that I want to touch on before we go to the waivers. And to be quite honest, because maybe we have another waiver uh, target, a especially at the quarterback position. We were talking about six teams on by. A lot of those teams may have quarterbacks. Maybe there is a new quarterback available on the market because the magic is back in Tampa. Dirk Cutter has announced that they are going to go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick as their QB1 moving forward. Here's the thing. All right, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, you know, we see him on the sideline, good for team chemistry and morale. You know, we all like that. But he can still go out there and throw five picks on Sunday. My point, Scott, for a while has been I love the Tampa Bay quarterback position because their defense is so bad. They're gun- they don't really have the running game to speak of. I know you're down on Peyton Barber, right? So they don't really have the running game. So Tampa Bay quarterback is going to sling it 50 times. He's got wide receivers. They're going to chuck it. I like that con- as conditions for fantasy. Almost it doesn't matter to me if it's Jameis or Ryan Fitzpatrick. I accept that some interceptions will come. I just grin and bear it. What do you think about this decision to go back to Fitzmagic in Tampa? Uh, yeah, we were talking about it a lot yesterday. And who, they, who do they feel gives them the best chance to win? And I think they think that's Fitzpatrick. Uh, you know, he did open the season with three 400-yard games, which excites the fantasy player. But I think you have to remember that he could have a dud at any time. He's only owned in 6% of ESPN leagues. And I think if you pick up Fitzpatrick, it really depends on who you have. It's If you got an Andrew Luck or a Ben Roethlisberger, you know, do you really need to pick up Fitzpatrick? Quarterback is kind of deep, and if you look at the roster grids in your league, Everybody's pretty comfortable with who they have. It's really hard to trade a quarterback right now. But, hey, look, if you don't have one of those top guys and you're streaming, go after a Fitzpatrick, you know, aggressively, uh, you know, with your fab bids. Uh, but I think it all depends on how, who else you have. Uh, you know, if you have a more established top-level starter, I'm not saying you can't have Fitzpatrick, but I wouldn't start him over the more proven guy just based on a matchup because – you know, the guy, the guy could deliver a stinker at any time. 
Absolutely. <clears throat> Remember, one of the other scenarios here, Scott, this week, you know, why you may be excited that uh, a quarterback becomes available is, you know, as we continue to mention, six teams are on by. So at the quarterback position, you may be without this week Andy Dalton, Andrew Luck, or Carson Wentz, who are definitely viable week-to-week quarterbacks who are on the shelf this week. You may, in two quarterback leagues, have even had a Blake Bortles or, you know, a quarterback for the Giants or the Cardinals, although we would not recommend those as much as, say, the Luck or the Wentz or the Daltons even. So you may be in a scenario where you're excited, excuse me, about, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick becoming available as a starting quarterback. You know what I thought about this one, Scott, when I saw this move? I think that um, it confirms for me that Dirk Cutter is uh, on his way out in Tampa. And let me explain to you why. I think this confirms for me that Dirk Cutter is going to be the next coach fired in the NFL. This, to me, is – and to be honest, I saw Lewis Riddick actually make this same exact point on ESPN yesterday. This confirms for me that Dirk Cutter is making these decisions and that this decision is about right now because, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick – uh, did lead the team to some wins, threw for 400 yards and all that stuff. Like you said, gives the team currently the best chance to win. I think that is the decision Dirk Cutter is making because as we've seen, Jameis Winston is an absolute turnover machine. He has more turnovers than J- uh, Blake Bortles and Eli Manning over the next couple, over the last couple of years. However, I think you would have to acknowledge that ownership – the organization, if it was the organization making this move, um, I think they would just go to Jameis because regardless of how many turnovers he's doing, you obviously, longer term, you know Fitzpatrick is not the answer. He's a bridge quarterback, if nothing else. Even though it sucks and looks horrible right now, this organization invested the number one overall draft pick on Jameis Winston, a man who is incredibly talented despite the -the off-the-field nonsense and despite all the other turnover stuff and is only 24 years old. You got to figure, it's always this thing where like the coaches or the GM might be playing the short-term game, but the organization is on the long-term game. Obviously, the long-term game is to find out what you have in Jameis Winston, a 24-year-old former number one overall pick who you've invested in, but the fact that they and Cutter is making the decision for the short-term gain on a team where we already know he's got the hot seat. He's already fired his defensive coordinator. It means to me that Cutter realizes he has to sink or swim with Ryan Fitzpatrick because obviously the organization would take a longer-term view and want to see what they have in the 24-year-old former number one overall pick, Jameis Winston, Scott. Well, with all respect, Dane, have you actually read that the organization feels that way? Yes. Okay, because yes, uh, and it was reported you know, multiple outlets yesterday. That Absolutely, they want to go. That they want to go with Winston. Yes, that there is strife right now in the organization between Kime and the and Cutter. It was reported in multiple places. Adam Schefter as well. Yes, that's exactly okay. the difference. All right, because I was wondering, you know, it's, you know, do they really feel he's the future? There's nothing guaranteed after the, this season. They could move on. Absolutely, you're right. yeah, you're absolutely and totally right. Reset. They totally right. That would be their other option, but that is the plan. The organization, though, you at least don't remember they spent. He was the number one overall draft pick, Scott. Okay, and so yes, the organization. That's exactly what it is. Drafted though, three, four, three. It doesn't matter where he's drafted now. He's not giving the team a chance to win. 
Of course, right. But the question still remains. You have the 24-year-old asset. Yes, yes. The organization wants to go that way. Dirk Cutter is going instead, making the decision with the short term. So like I said, you know, the point for me here is a schism in this organization, Dirk Cutter as dead man walking. That is the takeaway for me. But, but here, here's the point then. You know, is Dirk Cutter incorrect necessarily? Not necessarily. You know, they're only a game over to 500, like I said yesterday. They want to win now. And there's no proof that Jameis Winston is the present or even the quarterback of the future. We can't be sure that Jameis Winston is the quarterback of the future. Of course. But what we get into is my exact point. The idea of short-term versus long-term. You're absolutely right. There is no guarantee that Jameis Winston is the future of that franchise. However, what we do is we know that a 30-something-year-old journeyman Ryan Fitzpatrick is not, right? What we, there is a non-zero chance, however, about Jameis. I personally don't think he's a franchise quarterback either. I, I don't think Marcus Mariota from that draft is either. However, the similar way that we talk about with Darnold, with Allen, with uh, Baker. The organization's goal has to be to figure that out because in the NFL, you are one of either three classes. You either know you have your quarterback, you know you do not have your quarterback, or you're in quarterback purgatory. And so the Bucks, you know, from ownership side, has to use this year to figure that out. Do they, you know, enter the quarterback market in free agent or trade or draft? Or do they continue this idea of thinking that Jameis Winston is their guy, and now Dirk Cutter, by making this decision, is taking that opportunity away from the organization in a short-term versus long-term uh, conflict, to be quite honest, because you're right. But short-term, you gotta, you gotta remember, Ryan Fitzpatrick though. gives them the best chance to win, but that's yeah, not what they, the organization thinks long-term. Dirk Cutter has his ass on the line. Yeah, well, it's, it's more than that, too. It's like they're not tanking. You know, they're, they're three and four. You can't look to the future just yet. If they lose two in a row and Fitzpatrick's still starting, you know, that, that's, that's an issue. But, you know, they're still in it. So, uh, but I don't, I don't know that I necessarily disagree with Carcutta right now. Right, but it's a short-term versus long-term thing. The, pre- the, the issue is, though, they have different objectives. You know, the right. coach is all saying all the stuff you're talking about. We're not tanking. We still got a shot. We, you know, two weeks later, we could be right back in this. That is one objective in a shorter term view the organization has a longer term view it's the same as this idea about like remember last year when they decided whether or not they're going to bench Eli it's the same as most teams Scott you know that have like a rookie quarterback you know how we were talking about you know going into this season we were talking about hey Tyrod might start for a little bit but then Baker will come in you know it's the same exact thing that many um, organizations are faced with the short term versus the long term. Here, the idea that's added, though, is that the short term, the coach has his butt on the line, has already fired the defensive coordinator, and the seat is getting very, very hot in Tampa Bay for Dirk Cutter. So it may be different objectives in the short term and the long term, and people, you know, saving some of their opportunity and their jobs. But we will talk about it more, I'm sure, as the season goes along, Scott. We've got a lot of other things things to discuss let's get into the uh quarterback position though let me ask you this okay you got ryan fitzpatrick though available now likely on waivers you mentioned that he's only six percent owned in the yahoo leagues let me ask you about you know because there are six quarterbacks 
on by. Let me ask you about two quarterbacks coming off their by. Let's say you're in a horrible situation, Scott. I don't know why, but you painted yourself into a corner where maybe you had, let's say you had Andrew Luck and Andy Dalton, and now you have no quarterbacks available. You didn't look about your buys, and now you need a quarterback. Would you rather go Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's 6% owned, or two of the quarterbacks who may be available who are coming off buys themselves? I'm talking Dak Prescott, who's 34% owned, and Marcus Mariota at 27% ownership. Out of those three, if you needed a one-week fill-in, who would you take, Fitz, Dak, or Mariota? I don't think Mariota's a consideration whatsoever with the kind of numbers he's been putting up. Uh, you know, Dak has, Dak's interesting to me because you know it seems like he has a tough matchup you know, just when you kind of look at it from a basic, uh, you know, on-paper perspective of Tennessee having the third-ranked pass defense. But Dak Prescott, you know, his team has the fourth-ranked pass defense, and I think uh, the Tennessee defense is going to spend a lot of time on the field. The Cowboys play a lot better at home. They're going to want to get Amari Cooper involved. So I like Dak Prescott this week, but uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick just has more statistical upside this week. You know, if Dak had a had a even friendlier matchup, you know, I think it'd be closer, but uh, I think I'm going to leave Fitzpatrick. And for me, Mariota's just not a consideration whatsoever. Interesting. Let's talk a little bit more about the Dallas offense. Now with Amari, you talk about now with Amari Cooper. I actually think this will stand to benefit not only Dak, but Zeke Elliott a ton, right? Because if you were a defensive coordinator, we talk about how the Cowboys wide receiver group was not impressive, right? So I say the same thing I say about Buffalo. If I'm a defensive coordinator playing against Buffalo or playing against Dallas, I'm putting all 53 men stacked in the box to stop this running back. Now with Amari Cooper out there on the outside, you can't do that as much. I expect, um, I expect, uh, more opportunity for Zeke Elliott what do you think if anything how will this Cowboys offense look on Monday night you know that's exactly why Jerry Jones uh, made the trade you know he watched Washington sell out against the run before right. the buy and he said well god damn it I can't take that anymore you know and, uh, <laughs> and he went ahead made the trade you know overpaid you know it's been a conversation but you know now at least you know you have a guy that's going to command more defensive respect and, you know, balance out the offense a little bit. And it certainly helps Zeke Elliott. Look what Des Bryant was there. Des Bryant, you know, was certainly declined quicker than we thought, but he still commanded a lot of defensive respect, and Amari Cooper will do the same. Now what they did with the Cooper trade was, it's like, uh, you know, they, they replaced a guy who's going to uh, command defensive respect, which is what they did with, they didn't do with Des Bryant earlier in the year. You know, teams didn't have to respect the passing game. You know, now they have to because Dak's playing better and, you know, he's got a weapon now. Right. And so all that leads, similar to what I was saying, you know, this idea of you can't put them all in the box against Zeke because you have to respect Amari Cooper, can't bring those safeties down as easily. So it's interesting. So but you would go Fitz over Dak for this one-week fill-in. Let's say you do have like a Dalton or a Luck um, as your quarterback and you don't have any this week. You would go Fitz over uh, Dak. Yeah, certainly. In this one week. All right. Fair enough. <clears throat> um, let me ask you about tight end. Tight end, I think, is interesting. You know, also, I'm always looking at, like, who's coming off the buy because, remember, with all these buys, people have to sometimes drop interesting candidates, okay? So there may be people coming off the buy. For example, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper is 67% owned in the leagues that I see. So that's two-thirds. So worth a look. Don't forget about him. Worth a look. You know about Vance McDonald, who I continue to love. He's owned in 50% of leagues. But I want to ask you about something else, Scotty. 
Doyle rules. You know, he had a nice game coming back. He got in the end zone, seven catches. I think there was one drive that was like exclusively Jack Doyle. Eric Ebron is still there. Eric Ebron got a touchdown himself. Scott, Jack Doyle is owned in only 25% of leagues. So you can go out and get him. Vance is owned in about half. Hooper is owned in about two-thirds. Those are the three guys on my radar. How would you rank those? And let me see if you have any other tight ends on your mind. But I'm thinking about Doyle, Vance McDonald, and Austin Hooper. Um, you thinking about any others? I'll get to that in a second, though. But you make a good point about Doyle. Now, look, uh, fantasy owners often cut guys when they're injured. In a 10-team league, you don't have a choice, right? In a 12-team league, sometimes you get caught in a roster squeeze. But... When you hear a guy like Doyle's not out for the year, you do everything you can to stash him. And 25% of owners did. Now, look, they're on a bye this week. I, I, I would say don't not pick him up. Uh, right. I, I just probably didn't say that right. Come double negative. It's all good. I got yeah, you. Yeah, double negative. But, uh, you know. So you mean pick him up. <laughs> don't pass him over because he's on a bye. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, uh, you, you know, Vance McDonald, I think we're overrating him. I really do. Hmm. You know, he's had okay. he's had one good game all year. He's had he's had and he's had four quiet weeks and he's had one decent week. I think we're overrating Vance McDonald and I I don't think he's startable right now and I don't certainly don't think he's a tight end one. You know, look at his look at his game log. Three for twenty six. Then he had for four for one twelve, five for sixty two, and I think he lost a fumble, so he was under ten points. One right. for six. Seven for 68, and then three for 47. Vance McDonald is not a tight end one. I'd love to watch the guy toss people aside, but he's had one good game, and we're giving him too much credit for it. Uh, Even with I six think, teams uh, on by? With, look, I, I think he's a streamer. Yeah, I'm okay with that against a 25th-ranked pass defense. Right. But Vance McDonald, I think I was guilty of it too. I think we're overrating him. And you also got to look okay. at Ed Dixon who had two catches for 54 yards. He could be a streamer, you know, just for a bye week. He's not going to be more than a tight end, too. But two catches for 54 yards and a touch last week. And, uh, you know, Russell Wilson will look for his tight end in scoring situations. All right, fair enough. So there's a little bit of a look at tight end. Don't forget about these buys. It creates very interesting scenarios that might be unique to your league, your league size, and the other settings in your league, the other owners in your league about what, you know, Tough decisions they've had to make. We talk about this a little bit more. We look at running back and receiver waivers as well. When we come back, it's Roto Experts in the morning, the spitting statistician, and the king. Come on right back on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Roto Experts in the morning. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You know what it is. Look a look a look a look a look a look a here. We are back. It's the Spitting Statistician and the King Scott Angle. Scotty, we've brought it up a number of times this week 
All right, already today. There are six teams on a bye. Okay, towards the beginning of the season, there's a couple of weeks where there's two teams on a bye. Last couple of weeks, we've had four teams on a bye. This week, we have six. Cincinnati, Indianapolis, the Giants, the Eagles, the Cardinals, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, the two teams that were over in London. There's another bye week. I think it's week 11 or 12 where there's also six teams on by. You know, and it's impacting everything we're talking about, right? It's impacting some tough decisions managers have to make. It's impacting the waiver wire. It's impacting trade conversations. What I want to ask you, Scott, and and this is more of a conceptual conversation. What I want to ask you is I've heard, you know, savvy, sharp fantasy minds handle the bye weeks in different ways. Can I ask you, do you prefer... Option A, which is kind of like even at the point of the draft, always remembering like when you get your second tight end, when you get your second quarterback, when you're looking at your bench running backs and wide receivers, are you always planning for the buy then making sure you don't put yourself in the kind of hole that owners might be in today and always planning for the bye week? That's option one, right? Planning for the bye week. Option two is kind of like, Cross that bridge when you get to it. You're just worrying about accumulating the best players. And if you get stuck one week where, oh, my goodness, my top, you know, two of my top three wide receivers have the same bye week. For example, I'm in a league where I have DeAndre Hopkins and Stefan Diggs with the same bye week coming up, you know, that sort of thing. And almost are like, oh, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. So option A is plan for it as early as the draft. Option B is cross that bridge when I get to it. I've also now heard a few more people, Scott, and this is the approach I want to ask you about, who are in essence punting the bye week, actually swing the pendulum all the way in the other direction and would almost want to get a lot of players who do in fact have the same bye week, you know, in that kind of idea of the... DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs, and we get another wide receiver with bye week 10, and a quarterback with bye week 10, and a tight end with bye week 10, and almost stack it up, and in essence, punt the week, know they're going to take an L for that one week, and then realize that they won't have any bye week issues for the rest of the year. Um, which of those approaches do you found value in, or none of the above? You know, Are you planning for it early? Are you just crossing that bridge when you get to it? Or are you going the other way and almost punting that week and sacrificing one week to know you'll have no bye week issues for the rest of the season? I think it's a waste of time to do it at the draft. Total waste of time. Uh, Mm. And I think it actually shows a lack of savvy. Uh, Because a lot of people will say, okay, uh, you know, I want to make sure that the guys don't have the same bye week on week six. Do you know how much your team changes between the draft day and week six? Your team, there's so many. The, the players emerge out of nowhere. You get impatient. You cut them. You make trades. Your your team changes so much between the draft day and the bye weeks that it's a complete waste of time. The only position I planned for the bye week is is quarterback because I was going to ask. Quarterback I hear you injuries, have running back and wide out, but like yeah. quarterback and tight end might be different, right? Because you're only rostering one. Tight, or two. tight end's not different to me either. Because okay. You know, teams are going to change. You know, it's okay. you know. I, I don't think we th- would have thought we were talking about Vance McDonald in the preseason sure. necessarily, or Eric Ebron is like a top five tight end. Uh, you know, the, the position changes. It's like I'm right. not worried about that. You're only going to need the tight end for one week. With the quarterback, you know, quarterback injuries are rare, and so I I, I will 
playing for the bye week with quarterback, but no other position. And, you know, how often do you really change your quarterback? There's so much turnover, really, running right. back and wide receiver. So it's a waste of time. I do what you do pretty much, which is, you know, wait until it happens. Now, this past week in the Fantasy Football Frenzy Auction League, because of buys and other other uh, issues, I ended up staying, starting David Moore and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And guess what? Right. It worked. You can't assume just because you don't have the ideal lineup uh, on paper that it's not going to pan out. The third option, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really get that. You know, it almost sounds self-destructive. Really? Why would you say that? Yeah. Why are you gonna Why are you gonna pile up guys with the same bye? Guys with the same intent of having the same bye weeks. You want to get the best players on your roster. It doesn't matter if they all have the same bye week or not. Okay, because you're, you're, what you're doing is consolidating your risk. Uh, that's that's the answer. Is uh, how? Uh, you know you're gonna because you will week? not have these. Yes, exactly. Because you will not have these issues. That's a the waste of, of time. Weeks. It's a waste of time to me. It's, it's a total okay. waste of time. All right. You are allowed you want to, to get the best players, you period. You want to get the best players, period. It doesn't matter what their bye weeks are. That's overthinking it, I think. Okay, that is, in fact, your opinion. Um, what about – let me ask you this with this idea that you're saying – your you, opinion. It's obviously my opinion. I think it was Fair your enough. opinion. Um, it's obviously my opinion. Um, so let me ask you this then. When you're talking about you kind of – it sounds like you're landing on this like we'll cross that bridge when we get to it kind of thing. And You mentioned yeah, your I example you with – yeah. With with more and uh, you know Valdez Scantling, can I ask you though? Do you start to do you look ahead at all? Do you look maybe one week ahead, two weeks ahead? So for example, I'll give the same exact example. I have teams where I have DeAndre Hopkins and Stefan Diggs, right? And they both have a week ten bye. We are now going into week nine. Okay, do I this week start to plan for that, or do I wait until next week? I really don't look too far ahead with the skill position players because you don't know what – I want to finish one week at a time. You know, I'll worry so about So you're still that going one week at when, a time. When I get to it, you know, in, in most cases, you know, that, that, that's the thing. But the, the one thing I will say, you know, where you can be worried about it is I think it's become safer to run stacks in seasonal fantasy football. So if, you right. get, if you're betting on three Chiefs and, you know, you're looking ahead to week 12 – that's where you may want to consider it. But if your players have all varying bye weeks, you know, you know, let's finish this week before we get to next week because things can really change you know, within a week because of injuries and breakout performances. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that makes you sense. Just can't I have followed up with looking too far ahead. I like what you do okay. defensively. You know yeah. that that's pretty good. You know, okay. but I, I don't think you get caught up with looking too far ahead. Let me ask you real quick one thing. You talked about the defensively. That was going to be my question. Scotty, in my big dynasty home league where I have been doing that defensive idea, um, I'm 7-1. and one, Okay, so I feel really good. I'm in first place, highest points, all that good stuff. At what point, Scott, do I start looking to the matchups defensively for, uh, you know, week 15? When do I grab my week 15 defense? Can I start thinking about that now? Because I'm going to have a bye probably, probably week, week, week 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 13. I okay. Would say. Okay. You, know, you don't know what injuries. I start looking to see who the Buffalo Bills are playing Week 15. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, but you can't. You can't stash them though. There's really not room to stash them this early. No, you're absolutely right. But remember, I've been yeah. going back and forth with a revolving door of two defenses. I'm at seven and one. I could end that practice and then just look ahead to Week 15 for the defense and just ride with yeah, the defense. It, you know, for the rest of the season. It's only Week Nine, though. 
You know, sure. what, what You're if, absolutely right. What, what, what if a defense, you know, loses a key, big key position sure. player? You know, like sure. you're looking ahead to with Carolina and they lose Luke right. Keekley or something like that. You know, no, it's absolutely I, I think it's too early. Okay. Um, let's talk about something that's not too early for the waiver wire this week. Let's look at the running back position. Scotty, they confirmed a piece of news yesterday. Ronald Jones is going to miss a few weeks. I know you don't like Peyton Barber, but there's one less element in the committee right now. It looks like it's going to be Barber on early downs and pop quiz, jock quiz Rogers on, uh, on passing downs. Peyton Barber, I looked at, is only 46% owned. Scott, I don't, uh, you know, I don't think he's an amazing running back, but the opportunity is there. I know you say, Scott, that you know the opportunity doesn't always lead to production but uh i mean would you rather have peyton barber on waivers who's like 46 percent, or i can also find for example maybe he was dropped over the buy that atlanta just had ito smith for example is 35 percent owned in a one-week situation would you rather have peyton barber or ito smith i'd probably rather have ito smith i think he's a better chance of a touchdown and maybe with a receiving catch and run you know Peyton Barber's got opportunity, but he didn't score until this last week. You know, and uh, you know, he doesn't have a 90-yard rushing game. He does have two 80-yard games, so you know, it makes me think about picking him up. Yeah, that's legitimate. Uh, you know, you're talking about, as some people say, bye week hell here. You might have to use him, yeah. but, you know, I'll still take Edo Smith. Uh, you know, I think he's got a better chance to score a touchdown. Edo Smith scored in three straight games once. Meanwhile, uh, you know, it took, it took uh, seven games for Peyton Barber to score a singular touchdown. The Buccaneers don't run the ball near the goal line. Yeah, I would lean the other way personally. I just think I would rather have the lead back of a timeshare as opposed to the B-side. But I understand your point in terms of the potential of Ito Smith and the potential to get that touchdown. Um, there's also some other backs. I also want to remind people, the same way I did with Dak coming off by or Mariota coming off by, these are guys that are 70% owned, but don't forget about them. Listen, Dion Lewis is 70% owned. A lot of people were down on him. He had a good game in London. Then they had the bye. Jeff just check. I'm not saying he's available, but he is in about a quarter of leagues, so worth a check. Same thing with my guy and your one of your favorites, Scott, a little Ekela. Ekela is owned in 70% yeah. of leagues. Now, if they came off a buy, he has some value as well. Don't forget about those guys. Doug Martin is also the lead back now in Oakland. He's about 55% owned. What do you think? I mean, obviously, you're worth a check, right? Deion Lewis, Austin Eckler, and Doug Martin worth a check at this point? I think, uh, you know, when you talk about Oakland, he's the lead back for NFL purposes. But, you know, Jalen Rashard, Rashard is definitely the better, game better fantasy back. He's, he's a lead fantasy back. You know, he just produces more points in a PPR, you know, for PPR purposes. But you got to look at all of these guys because, look, you know, outside of eight or nine running backs in fantasy football, everybody else is unreliable. Yeah, uh, any other guys that are on your radar? I mentioned Peyton Barber, Doug Martin, those guys who are coming off by, Edo Smith included. What about guys like, listen, Josh Adams, only 1% owned in Philly. I'm not on him. Yeah. Elijah McGuire may be coming back from the Jets, 6% owned. I'm not on him. I would, however, Scotty, I would be on uh, Chris Ivory if Shady McCoy were to get dealt sometime today. Yeah, I think that one's obvious, but you make a good call with McGuire, though, because, you know, He's a bigger running back with, with some nifty, sparky, you know, speed and moves. And you can't trust Isaiah Crowell. So that's looking ahead, I think. You know, maybe sure. like week, week 10 or 11, you know, this guy starts. Yeah. You know, remember, we, got, we have uh, 16 buys, you know, again in two weeks. Elijah McGuire can become useful. 
Josh Adams is the latest guy to, uh, you know, maybe get a chance in that mediocre backfield. He had 21 and 17 yard runs last week, but that's a team that could really make a running back trade today. So mm. you got to play wait and see. You know, what we're saying this morning might be something different right. than what we're saying tonight. You know, that's one scenario to consider. And then I think Devontae Booker, you know, they're talking that Royce Freeman mm. has a high ankle sprain. He had 101 yards from scrimmage last week. Yeah, uh, Philip Lindsay's still in that mix as well over there in Denver. He's, you make he's a still great the clear point. lead running back, but when you're talking about a bye week play and a guy who can catch four or five passes and then maybe give you 60, 70 scrimmage yards on top of it, it'll help you get you through the week. Yep, absolutely. I agree. And I think you make a great point today specifically, Scott. I'm getting questions on social media already this morning about who should I waiver prioritize? Who should I trade? Blah, blah, blah. Mike, you got to wait until the trade deadline this afternoon. The landscape can be very different. And you know what, Scotty? I'll be there to talk about it on Fantasy Freestyle tonight at 7 p.m. on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Okay, me and the stats overbeat Cypher. Maybe there will be some trades Eastern time. Maybe there will be some trades to break down. We shall see. Let's talk wide receiver real quick, Scotty. We got a couple of minutes before our guy Mike Blewett joins the fun. I, I said some names yesterday, Scott. Kiki QT now with the Will Fuller injury. It looks like he's coming back, though, QT, from the hamstring. He's at 20% ownership. Actually, I'm there seeing. was a report that they're uncertain of his availability for this upcoming week. That what? They're uncertain about his availability for this upcoming week. Yeah, I, I don't care, Scott. I still would pick him up because I know Will Fuller's done oh, I would for the still rest pick him year. up, yeah, but you know? uh, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to be back this week. All right, that, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about Cortland Sutton, who's only 10 to 15% owned, but it looks like Demarius Thomas could be on the move. I talked about DJ Moore. Listen, I like what Cam is doing with North Turner. I saw that Cam's completion percentage this year, Scott, is at 66%. The thing with Cam is he's always been inaccurate, but if he's getting the ball to these people in space, guys like Christian McCaffrey, guys like Curtis Samuel, guys like DJ Moore, I think that North Turner knows what he's doing with the pro- personnel he has. DJ Moore is only 12% owned, and who do they face next week? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those are some wide receivers. QT, Sutton, Moore. Um, We also talked maybe about, you know, Guys like Adam Humphreys in Tampa, you know, maybe Devontae Parker in 24 hours is in a different situation. Uh, do you see any guys on your radar that would be above the three? I'm giving out Scotty, QT Sutton, and DJ Moore. Yeah, I think a lot. I'd say this like two, three weeks ago. People should have picked him up, but I guess, you know, they needed to see more proving from him. You know, David Moore of the Seahawks for sure. Four touchdowns in his last three games. So let me ask you about David Moore, okay? Because I've seen that production as well, Scott. What I also, though, see is that, you know, a point that we've mentioned that the Seahawks are running the ball more than they have in previous years and more than the, you know, the NFL. So the Seahawks, for example, they won the game last week against Detroit. Russell Wilson completed 14 balls and they ran the ball like over 40 times, you know? So, Scott, if they're running uh, 42 times, and throwing the ball 17, that makes me not want to invest in their wide receivers. Yeah, but what are you talking about? You're talking about investing in a bye week, you know, kind of plugger. David Moore mm. is not a wide receiver three. Right now he's a wide receiver four. And with the Seahawks right now, it's about efficiency. Despite the lack of attempts, and you're talking about 43 for Wilson over the last three games, he's had three touchdown passes in all of the – each of those three games, because Brian Schottenheimer's done a better job than I expected, 
and realizing that Russell Wilson, who's a two things, a play-action master and a great deep thrower, this running game is setting him up to pick his spots, to use play-action, make big plays, throw deep, throw into the end zone, etc., and, you know, that's why Tyler Lockett has seven touch, six touchdown passes in seven games. And you got David Moore with four in the last three. That said, I think that kind of, you know, touchdown efficiency may be a little difficult, you know, to keep up. But they're facing the Chargers this, this week. That's the Chargers right. have only 10 sacks. The offensive line is playing well. So you want to use David Moore as a bye week plugger? I think he's great for that. All right, we shall see. You mentioned they're playing the Chargers. The Chargers coming off their bye. Scott, you mentioned the Chargers only have 10 sacks. Um, are we, do we have any news? Might Joey Boza be back to help the yeah, Chargers with that effort? They were always saying. They're not back anytime soon, the last report said. They always, the last song I saw is they were always saying after the bye is exactly when he would come yeah, back. It doesn't, look, so, it doesn't look like he'll be back this week. We will keep our eye out on that. We'll keep our eye out on a lot of things, especially all the potential trades today. 4 o'clock Eastern is the trade deadline. Right now, 52% of you think Demarius Thomas might be on the move. Golden Tate, Deshaun Jackson, Devontae Parker, Pierre Garçon, some running backs in the mix as well. We'll see, and I'll talk about it on Fantasy Freestyle tonight. Scott, we'll have two hours to break down week 10, excuse me, week 9 tomorrow. Have a great fantasy day, Scotty, all right? I do too, brother.